Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach, and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word MONEY to 844-949-1984. That's the word MONEY to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. So, Brad, one of the things I know I really want to really understand is for this show, we've been having conversations around the different generations and the different groups. But one of the things I think we need to really outline is for our audience is the actual definition for the generations and the age range. We keep talking about the four different generations. We've got our baby boomers, we've got our Gen X, we've got our millennials or Gen Y and our Gen Zs. And as we talk through these, I know there's so many different definitions out there. How should we, uh, for our show, how are we going to classify these different generations? You can do a ton of research, a ton of different things. And there's a lot of people in that overlap space. For myself personally, born in 67, and you can find things where that says, hey, I'm the last year of the boomer generation. I don't believe that personally. It's one of the things you can find. What I've been able to at least consistently find is that baby boomers from 1946 to 1964. So here in the Lord's year of 2020, we're puts you at like 56 to 74 years old, you know, and then you go, well, Hey, what about that? My, my dad's 75. Is he a boomer? Well, could be boomer or the silent generation, which was really 1928 to 1945. And that was really the, you know, the generation of folks that were very silent. They didn't talk much. They just did what they needed to do. And, you know, they were, right. That was just who they were. They were the tail end of the greatest generation before that. So boomers, you know, 46 to 64. So they're 56 years old to 74 years old today in 2020. Gen X, 1965 to 1979. You may find some that say 80, some that say 81, right? It just varies. So that 41 to 55 years old right now, the millennial, you'll see variations, 24 to 40 years old at this point, so that 1980 to 1996. And then the Gen Z, which is probably the most important generation that we have to worry about moving forward, the largest population here in the US, 1997 to 2011. And you may find some that say it's 2000 to 2015 just, to make simple math, right? If you just break it down to simple math. But for me personally, I have a, my two kids were born in 97, 98. So I, it makes it easy for me to remember Gen Z starts in 97. Right. So I'm right there in that, that Gen X. No, you're not. No, you're, you can you can say it all you want. I can you're say not. It all I, want. I can say it all I want, right? But I'm we're right there in there. I was born in '77, and you know, one of the things that also gets lumped in with this kind of in betweener, especially with the X's um, and the millennials, is the zillennials. Or you know, so you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit of you know some stereotypes and some misconceptions and stuff. And as Brad alluded to, right, I I tend to have more tendencies in one of the generations than the other, but by the definition of how 
how we're how we're driving it and where where everything falls yeah i'm probably in the millennial category more at the on the entry point of that yes most of <laughs> <laughs> there are there are more behaviors there potentially than not. But yeah, I would agree after getting to know you for the last, you know, four or five years, you're definitely a hybrid, right? There's definitely some values and characteristics on both sides of that. When you look at the technology or the ease of use or the adaptation rate that, that I don't have for sure in that space. So there's those in-between things that if you wanted to slice it down and take it away from that broad category, there are slivers that kind of cross over. Yeah. And so one of the things we just wanted to clarify on this show is, is that we're going to kind of follow these, this kind of rough outline of you know, our baby boomers being between 1946 and 64 and our Gen Xs in the 1965-79 millennials in the 80s through the through 96 and Zs 97 through 2011. I would concur, sir. I would concur. That gives us a good framework to talk through. I'm still going to call you millennial. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it, <laughs> so and Brad knows how I feel about this. So let's talk misconceptions because I, I believe I have more tendencies in, in the Gen X and um, but I have a lot of t- tendencies in the millennial side. So let's talk misconceptions because it is for me in this in this range, there is the sore spot if I'm categorized as one or the other. So really just want to talk misconceptions through each one of these generations. Really want to outline. So when we talk baby boomers, you know, the, the, the characteristics that the baby boomers have, you know, from what I have seen is they really take care of their families. They take care of themselves. Um, yes, they're planning for retirement. They're planning for you know that next phase as they exit their career. Um, they have spent a lot of time working with their hands, building things from the ground up. You know, alongside the silent generation and seeing how things truly impacted people's lives and how they could truly change things as as their career progressed. You got anything to add with the? And they did it without wanting to have recognition, right? They did oh, the yeah, thing, absolutely. Do the things be- they, they did the thing because it was the right thing to. Do. I don't want to bring this into a religion program or anything like that, but there was a lot more. I believe there was far more faith and far more religion and far more regiment into that livelihood of growing up that created a lot of that. Hey, we do it because it's the right thing to do to help people out. We're going to do the right thing. And I'm not going to ask for recognition. I don't need to be all over the place. I don't need a billboard. I don't need a participation medal. Right. Yeah. They just brought up something, you know, where, you know, one of the, the misconceptions, if you will, is I believe is that lack of recognition. They, there is some recognition that they do want, but do they need that true, you know, metal on the wall, you know, and be recognized for every single thing that they've done? No, but do they want to be appreciated? Appreciated or respected versus liked. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, for me, that's one of the big misconceptions there is that they do want to be appreciated. They do want to be liked. They want to be appreciated for the knowledge that they have. And I don't think that they actually get their fair shake right? because they have a lot of knowledge. They are willing to share when approached properly. Correct. (laughs) And it, it just, sometimes it bothers me just seeing that, you know, in the workforce, they get pushed off to the side as they're, they're aging. They are being more crotchety, if you will, <laughs> in their ways, but they're also, their ways are, this is the way I've done it. It has worked for me thus far. I'm going to continue to do it until I hit my grave. Right. Or until somebody can prove to me otherwise that it, it needs to be different, but I'm not going to let anybody show me that different will work either. Exactly. <laughs> Prove to me that it'll work and show me that it can work, but I'm not going to let you do it on my watch. Exactly. Go try that experiment someplace else first. 
Yep. I don't want to be proved wrong. And even if you do prove me wrong, I'm still not going to listen. Because one does not a pattern make. One in a row. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Hashtag winning. (laughs) So when we get to Gen X, right? You're an expert, apparently. (laughs) Right there. Right. So what do you feel are some misconceptions with Gen X's? That's that's a great question because I've, I've I can see all the other things and I I have never really looked inward on that to be honest with you right but when I look at my growing up and different things, you know you talk about the eighties and, and the me generation and all about um, let's take care of it for myself and let's go have fun and let's go do those things but then at some point maturity kicked in and everybody kind of grew up right and all of a sudden it went along and it wasn't all the fun and games and it's the nostalgia but I think there's a much more willingness to share knowledge as we entered into technology and different things and all the really cool stuff. And I felt, I feel that there is more willingness to look up and downstream, upstream and downstream to find the problem, to get to a solution and not really worry about the political correctness, right? I don't think we're a PC generation at all. And that is maybe a bad thing. Uh, There's a little bit of, from a workforce perspective, I think there's a little bit of frustration and anger on the older side of the Gen X because we missed out on the pensions. We missed out on the golden parachutes of things from that corporate perspective. Yes. All those things that were out there that made loyalty and, and the business being being a 40-year employee really important, uh, those things got eroded and taken away from our parents and, and from us, potentially. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of bitterness there, which then created that opportunity to say, hey, let's go be these entrepreneurs. I think there was a lot of willing to try things first as well. Let's see if this works. Take it apart. Put it back together if we can or we can't. Right. A lot more willingness to fail than to be right and perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would I would echo that because I know, especially in that time frame, technology was new. Um, when we think back into that date range, technology was really brand new for everybody in that in in the Gen X phase. Yeah, my grandfather brought home a. He worked for Kearney and Trekker as one of the an engineer there, and he was an early adopter of technology, and he brought home this tape based personal computer. <laughs> yeah that you had to learn basic programming to play games or you had to write your own stuff or do these own things I'm like with the punch cards uh no it wasn't punch cards it was tape right so you could do it it had a keyboard you know the old green screen and yep okay but yeah it was that was on the forefront uh when we went to one of the open houses at current tracker when i was growing up four color plotter that had the arm that moved it to do the various different plotting of drawings Right. Doing schematics and stuff. I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Um, now that's just archaic. Yep. But I think that's that's also one of the misconceptions with Gen X is, is you know, the technology was introduced, like more computers, more, you know, computational things were introduced in that Gen X age frame. And I think that's a misconception, especially for millennials and Gen Zs. Like, well, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, you might want to slow your roll. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you like it or not, technology had to start somewhere. And right. it actually started with, you know, it, did it start in the baby boomers towards the tail end? Things started to take off in, with Gen Zs or with, with Gen Xs and then really boomed with millennials. Yeah, from a commercial standpoint, yes. Yes. Yep. So I just, you know, I think one of the, you know, a lot of misconception here with, you know, some of the, those on the, on the later end of the Gen X is that technology incompetent, if you will. It's not the right word, but you know, there's, you know, they're willing to throw their hands up and go, well, I don't don't really know. I'm not used to this technology. 
Yeah, I lost. Um, I stopped playing Madden or any of the EA Sports game when all of a sudden it became eight buttons. <laughs> right, eight or nine buttons to do all this stuff. I'm like, no, sorry. Uh, a, B, C, joystick, left, right. That was good enough. When all of a sudden you got all the other stuff on the back side, the front side of the control. I'm like, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? For me, I'm out too. <laughs> it's too many things to push. Just give me one big red one. <laughs> Just one control for the pong ball. It goes yeah. back and forth, up and down. We're good. I'm good with that. So any other misconceptions you can think of with Gen X? I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear from others, obviously. Um, and that's part of what we're going to bring out from the show because that's that inward look. I think there's might be some misconceptions that were very rigid, depending on where you are in that range of age range. You know, the, myself, you know, sitting here at 455, it's like, hey, there's a lot more to life after this. And now we missed out on the 55, retired 55 crowd and live and live 20, 25 years without any issues post right. post workforce. So I think there's some resentment in that space from the got to work to your 68, 65, 67, whatever that might look like. Yeah, absolutely. I still think about it sitting at 43. Man, it sure would be nice at 55. <laughs> it, it's And it's all possible, right? But in yeah. general, that's going to be an anomaly. Yeah, it's, it's the exception to the norm because the norm as we're pushing out, you know, is 65 to 67 and a half now. And it's more 67 and a half just because of the life expectancy has increased. Which which makes this topic that we're trying to cover here on the blue collar space even more challenging because who wants to be in confined space welding at 65, 66, 67 years old? Nobody. <laughs> By then your body is so beat up and destroyed, you got to find something to do. Right. And greeting at Walmart isn't what you want to do. So what about the millennials there, Skippy? What do you yeah, got? I know. What do you got there? <laughs> what do we got here, right? So you know, as I, as Brad and I were talking uh, earlier before we started recording, I, I get irritated if I'm grouped in with millennials, right? Because of these misconceptions uh, that millennials are lazy, um, they don't want to listen. They're the it's all about me generation. You're going to give me stuff. You're going to do stuff for me. Type of mindset that some of us believe millennials have. And it really isn't true. We do have to explain things differently in general. You know, so a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, we're talking general generalizations. So when we talk millennials, we have to approach our conversations differently because their back, their upbringings are, I'll say a little more liberal, if you will, not in the political sense, but <laughs> more in the, not as regimented. Yeah. Their, their lifestyles just were not as regimented and as a matter of fact, as the baby boomers, it was, you were given a specific, you were told what to do. This is how you had to do it. If you didn't do it, there were consequences. As a millennial growing up, if you didn't want to do it, that was okay. Where they're going to be, you know, the, the physical punishment of uh, you didn't do this. And, you know, there was some, some kind of physical punishment that just didn't happen with millennials. Wooden spoon, belt, belts, back of a shoe, a flip-flop. Yep, the wooden paddle, rulers. The map point, the rubber-tipped map pointer in school. Yep. Yeah, that all of that is gone to the wayside with millennials. And so how we have to, we don't have to, but their mindset works a little differently just based on their upbringing. And it was, it, we have to explain, we have to sit down and explain things and talk through things more on more the why and the purpose of why versus just directing. And as a matter of fact, do it, shut it 
and get it done. So I think that is a, you know, the misconception of them not listening and them not lazy. Well, it may be true, but let's look at it as how have we explained what do we want to do and connect it with a purpose of why? And if we don't do that, do they really want to do it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't mind the questioning. I don't mind those, you know, hey, why are we doing it this way? That's a great question. Let's learn from it. Um, But when you start to see the, and I'll go down the sports path, right? When you start seeing the athletes saying that, well, you owners are making all this money. Where's, where's mine? Well, you didn't take the risk to put that into there, in, into the business and, and go through all the lean times and all those other things to make that happen because you're good today doesn't mean that you're going to be good tomorrow. So not your risk, but you want, you want more because you think the game you're bigger or better than the ownership side of it. So I think there's some, the millennial generation brought that conversation to light as to where's the importance. And when you look at some of the pro sports, baseball is still very much divided. Basketball has become very much driven by the players. Football is more driven by ownership right now, but the players are starting to gather some momentum and that union's going to have some changes to it. But baseball is really run still like old school. There's, it's like, no, this is, it's very divided and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. But, it, and if you think about that in the workforce in the blue collar space, it's exactly what you're seeing today. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, so for those that are, you know, listening to the analogy, you know, why are we talking sports? Because it's so relevant in the workforce in the blue collar space today. When we're talking who owns what companies, you know, do the baby boomers own these companies? They're they're dictated a certain way. Gen X's are running companies. They're operated a different way. And if millennials are operating these companies, the whole philosophy of the company and the purpose for the why they're existing, what are they doing and how they're helping the community is all different. And so sometimes all these generational things that we're talking about lead to these misconceptions of what works and what doesn't. Right. And and the, yes, free agency, again, from a sports analogy point came through, right? And here you go, you go get the best deal you can. And I think the, you know, the millennial generation took that to the workforce across the board and, and really leveraged that opportunity for those that were in the workforce, right? They would, we would see, we would see people move for a quarter, an hour, 25 cents yep. an hour. Yep. I'm going and not looking at total value or total compensation or vacation days or sick day, all of those things, insurance programs. Nope. It was just, I can make more money. So I'm going to go and I'm going to leave or you know what? You're not going to give me vacation. So I'm going to quit because I'll go find something else. Yep. Absolutely. Very much, very much willing to go move on to the next thing so that they can make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. For themselves, I, I take it more as a look at, I want to do it for me and I'm going to do it for others or my family or support, support other things. I want it to be, I want it to be me, not about others. Yeah. And interesting. You brought that up, especially with a sports analogy. And so I just want to point out, we look at Gen Z's right now. So they're between nine and 23, nine and 24, somewhere in there. Well, let's look at when we talk free agency, let's look at college football for a moment where now you have all of these older seniors, junior seniors that are now, you know, looking at grad transfers and how they're flipping, quote unquote, the free agency. The Gen Zs have now flipped college football on its head. Millennials somewhat started it and they started the movement of that. But Gen Zs are the ones that have actually taken, quote unquote, free agency in college football and flipped it on its head to make, you know, they were a title contender at one college and now you've flipped it and you're going to another college and you're also now making that college a title contender just by flipping the script in an extra year of eligibility. Right. You know, and, and when we look at that, 
as we, you know, talk misconception, especially with Gen Z, you know, when we're talking, it's all about me. Well, let's look at that example. This has nothing to do with college football. This has everything to do with an extra year of eligibility, an extra year of being visible, highly visible, creating title contenders to increase your value to professional sports. I think that is a small percentage of that population, you know, just working within the first robotics program and things at the high school and seeing those kids come through on the front end of that Z very different than I would say the millennial, the loyalty piece that's there Mm -hmm. is very different. Yeah. On the Gen Z compared to the millennial, um, the Gen Z is the most connected generation in ever, right? A kid from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Detroit, Michigan, or El Paso, Texas, pretty much has the same experience as somebody in Beijing or in Sydney, Australia, or someplace in Thailand or whatever. The technology has created this whole connection point of everything, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I don't care what the media platform is. There's thousands of them. Yeah, but it's created the most connected generation on the planet. Mm-hmm. There's kids that I know that are currently in school and they go, oh, yeah, I got friends over here, over here, you know, in all these different countries. One from playing games all the time, you know, gaming. <laughs> I'm staying up till two o'clock in the morning and now all of a sudden I'm picking up all these friends in Europe or over in Asia or whatever. It's like, okay, um, which is great. And that's fantastic. And that's what creates opportunity. But the loyalty is going to be very different for Gen Z than I think on the millennial side of it. Mm-hmm. Loyalty in the sense of there will be more loyal or less loyal? More. Given if if shown the path, if they are shown the path to the opportunity and to what that could look like over the three, five, seven year plan, they will stick to the plan versus I think where the millennial group would have saw the plan. Okay, if I can do this five-year plan, but at year two, somebody's willing to bump me up Mm -hmm. on that plan, even though my total compensation might be better in company one over five years. I'm going to go to company two because I can get it now. Right. And I'm, I've seen that with my own my own kids, right? They've been very, hey, I'm, yep, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to work through this. They could have easily have gone through and tried to apply for different things. They stuck through it. Right. No, that's a good point. Right. The other piece that I think uh, the tail end of the millennials and the all of Gen Z, their lives have been so scripted and scheduled. I go to school. I go to daycare. I go to daycare. I go to school. I go to after school activities. I come home. I do my, right? Their their entire life up until they get to college, if they go to college, has been scripted. Uh-huh. It's been scheduled every hour of every day, every, oh, play dates. Right. <laughs> we're going over here. To, we're going to make it. We're going to go to the park with this other family. We're going to schedule that. Get on your damn bike and go. Right? Go yeah. play to <laughs> go play out till the streetlights come on. That's right. Then you can come home. Dinner's when the streetlights turn on. Exactly. So that <laughs> whole mom flashes three times. Flashes that creativity the and, and the learning's different, right? Because of the technology and because of the phone and because Google's right there and mm-hmm. learn differently. And the value of education has changed. If you look at the value of education, boomers went to college, but not at a spectacular rate. Yeah, but they went and they had a high degree of value and they wanted their kid, they wanted Gen X to come, the silent generation wanted the Gen X to come behind and be better than that. Almost every, I shouldn't say every, but the vast majority of the population of Gen X went and got at least their high school diploma, if not a secondary degree of whether it's an associate or a bachelor's. Yep. And the millennials came along and that in the tail end of the X, it was not only the you know bachelors, it was now let's get our masters and our doctorates and our whatevers. Yes. At that time, you could still become a lifetime student and afford it. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Gen Z, let's go to school, go to school. Am I going to go pay $200,000 to go sit in a classroom for four years to, to talk about marketing when I could start my own business tomorrow and go make cash? Right. Mm, 
I don't know. I've been doing this since I've been six. Why do I need to go to school to have somebody teach me to have some guy that's 57 years old tell me how to do social media? Uh-huh. Because I've been doing it since I've been six. So I've got 14 years of experience already. So what's the problem? Right. <laughs> Right. No, but that, and that leads us into, you know, one of the other topics we want to talk about today is the strengths for each group. And, you know, as we are highlighting it with, you know, the Gen Z's, the adaptation of technology and how quickly they're consuming and they're actually teaching those of us in these other generations. And I find that to me, how I see Gen Z's is that that is the, one of their greatest strengths is their ability to adapt and persevere through um, people telling them, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't the way we've always done it. And they're willing to learn, not fail. They're willing to learn new ways to show you, hey, this will work. Right. I think you're absolutely correct. The, the failure part is still a problem uh-huh. um, because life sucks and life is not fair. And the lesson between fair and equal, I think the, the boomer and Gen X, uh, they get that fair and equal are not the same. Yes. Right? Yes. There's a struggle in some of the Z range, Z kids, where if Timmy gets two cupcakes in the house, but Sally only gets one, that that's not fair. But it might be that Sally can't, she she's can't absorb the extra, you know, the flour, the milk or whatever as easily as Timmy can. Uh-huh. So, well, that's just not fair. Okay. Sorry. It may not it's it's not fair. It might be, it might, it's not equal, but it's fair because I don't want you to get sick. Yeah. You're both getting dessert. <laughs> yeah. My kids have that same conversation. She got two. Why can't I have two? Do we need to explain this again? Why you can't have two? Well, it's not fair. Do you want to be sick all night tonight? No. Well, then it's going to be this way. Right. It's fair. It's not equal. Equal and fair are not, are looked at as being synonymous and they're not they're independent of each other yep uh, and so i think that's another another potential i don't want to say weakness but that's i think the strengths of some of the baby boomers and, and gen xers is to be able to as from a leadership management perspective is how to do that the technology piece is where i think they can learn from the z's and the millennial how to apply that better more effectively and communicate it more effectively right is where the learning can go both ways Mm-hmm. I think one of the other strengths, you know, and I'm going to include millennials in, in this with the Gen Z's is, uh, as I talked about the quickness to adapt to technology, but I think also the millennials are their extensive use of technology. Mm-hmm. Why is that a strength? Well, it's a strength because you're really bridging the gap between your Gen X's and your baby boomers and your Gen Z's. Your Gen Z's, there's so many of them that are available to come into the workforce and fill the gap from the baby boomers that are leaving. But there's that communication gap and technology gap that the Gen X's have with the latest and greatest with the rapid rate of change. So let's let's talk our current situation. We've got COVID, right? Everything gets shut down. Work becomes remote. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of 2020, who would have thought, especially in, you know, with the baby boomer and Gen X side, that 100% of your workforce could be working remotely from home and that would be okay and your business would run. That Those two generations, absolutely not. Maybe the tail end of Gen Z's or Gen X's, absolutely not. Gen Z's like, what the, yep, yeah, this makes the perfect sense. I don't have to drive into work. I can do everything here. Like I've been saying the whole time and your millennials, they're quickly to adapt that. And they've been like, yeah, we've been trying to encourage this in our workforce with us even trying to encourage you, but you haven't been receptive. Now you have to do it. 
and we're here to help you through that, right? So, you know, a couple, a couple strengths on each side, right? We've got the millennials and the Gen Zs, you know, working through this whole, you know, work from home type balance, um, guiding the Gen Xs and our baby boomers through this. Right. And, and being able to adapt it to understand and the accountability piece is where the issue becomes a struggle for the boomer to lead mm-hmm. that through because, well, what if they're watching TV when they should be working? Right. <laughs> what if they're, what if they, or what if they're doing laundry between the hours of eight to five or eight to four, or nine to three or whatever it is? Are they still productive? Are they producing more? Are they producing more over longer periods of time? Correct. And are they able to get done what's supposed to be get done? And that's the part that I think the, the boomers and X have done a terrible job is setting expectations of what the results need to be. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. So if they can't set the expectation of what the results need to be, because we've assumed, right, go put the thing together to go get it out the door to make that all happen. We've assumed that all in our head because we've done it so much, but we haven't told anybody why. We haven't given anybody the purpose. Now we expect the same thing. Yep. For the same output without communicating or putting processes in place, challenging or doing the check-in or whatever it is. And now you're pissed off because it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's figure that out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. You know, when we're talking, define the groups, we've talked about the misconceptions, you know, just outlining the strengths that each group has. And it's clear that between the misconceptions and the strengths, there's so much that we can learn from the different generations. Uh, and that's why we want to have this platform where we can talk through those, those strengths, those differences, those misconceptions. And I think this is just sounding board, that, that leap board or the, the, the diving board, if you will, as we're going to jump off into this adventure um, and, and really learning one, some nuances about, you know, the different generations, but also, you know, how the geographic and, and different industries and different manufacturing industries and blue collar trade industries have this impact on these different generations. Yeah, there's, I'm looking very forward to hearing the conversations and getting, getting people on the same wavelength to have a conversation over those topics that are stereotypical of, well, it's vacation. Well, you only get a week of vacation to start. Are you kidding me? Well, Johnny's got four weeks, but he's earned it. Right. Because that's where it's been. But do you need to have a there's some very antiquated vacation policies in the uh, instruction trades manufacturing space for sure. (laughs) And if you can't figure out how to bring in younger talent, it's it's just going to be a slow and painful death and looking forward to bringing those conversations to light, making people aware. Absolutely. Brad, it's been great talking with you today. Awesome. Wrap it up for today. Looking forward to our conversations next time. Perfect, man. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.